And a very good morning to you everyone, it's Oliver Callan here once again and welcome to the show for another week. It is now Monday the 24th of July and you can chat to us as ever and as usual. The text is 51551 and from the North Text Studio, then your message to 80889. It's as simple as that. Uh, I wonder is there anyone awake at all in Limerick this morning? Uh, The Treaty Boys are all over the papers as you'd expect this morning. There's the savagery of their defeat of Kilkenny will live long in the memory. Kilkenny uh, you know, you're not dealing with any muck in Kilkenny. They're a fierce, good team, but they were made to look very normal by Limerick without their captain, Declan Hannan, and trailing by six points at one stage. They scored 21 points in the second half, Limerick. So they've um, they've won 11 All-Irelands, hurling All-Irelands in their whole history, five of them out of the six finals since 2018. And uh, you can see from the, from the crowds and the reaction yesterday that the sudden familiarity with winning Lee McCarthy has not diminished the joy of the Limerick crowd. And John Kiley, he's a special fella, isn't he? He's just like, there's a great picture of him on the cover of the Irish Examiner Sports section. Uh, the ecstasy, you think it was the first one. It was, it was like 2018 all over again when they won the first All-Ireland uh, for 35 years. And he's hoisting the Lee McCarthy. You don't always see the banished door lifting the, the trophy, but he's he's there uh, joyously. He, he's a principal, I believe, in Tipperary, out Tipperary way, I think is where, where he is. But the job he's done on that team is absolutely phenomenal. As a friend of mine actually has sons who are both under 10 in Limerick and they know nothing but constant victories, you know. And the children down there, they do not know how the Limerick fans have suffered. 1973 to 2018 without Lee McCarthy, but um, they look pretty uh, I wouldn't say undefeatable because obviously the, the system meant uh, that Clare could beat them and they could still go on to win um, the All-Ireland this year. But anyway, that's the crack across the papers today. Fellas jumping in the air. Um, I was in West Cork for the weekend down in Skull. I got the first half of the match on the telly and then I listened to the second half on the radio. And there's just something about the volume of Crow Park really comes through on the radio. And I don't know if it's the round sound of your car or something or maybe the, the fact that I have it up fairly loud. Pork Lodge and Davy Fitz in the commentary. Davy Fitz, is a, he's a very literal pundit. He's fairly brutal. He's kind of, he'll call out, you know, the Kilkenny lads, you can't do this, you can't be allowing that. And he's a big fan of whatever we describe at the end of a sentence, so you do, so he does. He says that an awful lot, I noticed. But um, brilliant commentary. Very. I, I was driving through, literally through Bail na Blaw, which is advertised, which is shown on all the signs for some reason, Sight of the Ambush. If you visit to Ireland and just the, sign, the signs just say, Sight of the Ambush, 12 kilometres ahead. You're going, what? There's going, to, there's going to be an ambush. Well, there was for Kilkenny after that goal, so it was, it was going to crack. Incidentally, when I, before I headed down to West Cork on Friday, I left here, went into a petrol station. Who did I bump into? Only Dobbo himself, Brian Dobson, Brian with a Y. And I didn't recognise him at first because he's in his civilian clothes and he's on holidays at the moment, shorts and a T-shirt. You don't see Dobbo in his uh, casuals. And I was telling him I was heading to school and um, he's he's a yachting person, I believe, Brian Dobson. So he kind of knows a good bit of West Cork. And he says, I'll just meet loads of people from Dublin in Skull. Because he says the Dublin people go to Skull and the Cork people go to, the Cork people within, the, as in Cork City, uh, apparently go um, to uh, over the road there to Baltimore. They go to Baltimore. So I wasn't in Baltimore, I was in Skull. But the in-laws are West Cork origins. So, you know, I was allowed to be what the people in Clare have told me before, the DFDs, the down from Dublins. Nobody wants to be a down from Dublin. 
<laughs> because there's a sort of a there's a sort of a sneer that they're a bit ignorant about our ways around that. Particularly Claire, they're good at playing up to it and sniggering behind them. But anyway, I got into the sea at Ballyrisso Beach. It's a hot tip from here, um, which uh, at high tide yesterday morning and Barley Cove Beach. No sign of barley anywhere near near Barley Cove. It must be a historic thing. Um, it is beyond beyond cold. It is it is really really cold. And actually, I have a story from Cork Bio this morning because Cork County Council, not just me and my lack of experience in the sea. Cork County Council beach guards have told people to be weary, to be wary of hypothermia because the water temperatures remain cold on beaches around the county of Cork. So we're in the middle of July, but they actually, um, hypothermia is, is a drop in your body's internal temperature, they remind us, and it's caused by spending long periods in cold water and can have very serious consequences if it isn't treated. And you have to watch out for four umbles. This is the official warnings from Cork County Council beach guards. Four umbles, so grumbles. Suddenly you have a negative mental outlook. That's a lot of people, so watch out for the fumbles, which is a slow reaction time. Suddenly you're dropping things or you're having poor coordination or you're having difficulty doing up buttons and things like that. Then you start to slur your words, so watch out for the mumbles. And then if you're stiff and unable to walk without help, there are the stumbles. So the grumbles, the fumbles, the mumbles and the stumbles. It sounds kind of funny, but the hypothermia is a serious warning. And uh, I was in and out. I mean, I went in and out about six times before I could actually stand the pain on my feet. You're going, what's wrong with this? But um, when you've had a few the night before, there's no better way to wake yourself up. My hot tips for a skull, by the way. Nico's for dinner and Hackett's for the liquid dessert. And then the Celtic Sea for your heart and your soul the following day. There are the tips. Because the Celtic Sea continues there and then it suddenly becomes the Atlantic past Crookhaven. A oh, big shout out to Sullivan's of Crookhaven. They wear t-shirts in Sullivan's, which apparently is the most southerly pint you can have in Ireland. But it says Murphy's, Beamish, Guinness, in that order. Very, very Munster, very, you know, very... Their hearts are on their sleeves, as they say. Staying with the stick, uh, the come on, which they wouldn't know about in West Cork because it's all football down there. So they wouldn't know hardly if it came, if arrived in them. Uh, the Camogie finals are now set up. Two semi-finals at the weekend. So it's going to be Cork and Waterford, boy. Uh, so an All-Munster, All-Ireland uh, Camogie final, the Glen Diplex final. And it's Waterford's first time in the All-Ireland Camogie decider in 78 years, it says here in the Irish Sun. And, uh, but Cork will be the favourites there in the, in the Camogie. So the GA season rolls on, of course, Dublin Kerry next weekend. A lot of people, there was literally in a, in a house, um, uh, one of those nice houses over, over the shop, which we were talking about last week, and that's where we stayed in Skull. And they're still down there. So good morning, Skull. Beautiful weather down in West Cork this morning. My goodness, I'd be very jealous to be back in the windowless room. But of course, I love your company, 51551 on the text. Uh, so people, so it was Formula One and hurling going on yesterday as well. And of course, the Open Championship is on at the weekend and Rory McIlroy. There's a lot of, uh, the Irish attention is very much on Rory McIlroy still not having won a, um, a major since 2014. So now that all the majors are done for the year, he will be 10 years. It'll be 10 years since he won his first major. His last, the last time he's won a major indeed. So McIlroy is still up to Mystic as the major drought continues there on Sports Monday. He was tied for sixth and I was looking because I knew this. I knew in, in, in golf you can't really lose even when you lose. So the winner, Brian Harmon, who, and there's a lot made over the weekend the fact that he's an American hunter and uh, loves killing things and butchering them afterwards. He's won his first major. He won three million dollars, just roughly euro because it's one for one at the moment. He was 13 under. So Rory McIlroy for finishing tied for sixth he still won $551,000. So golf is like being a lawyer. You still get paid when you lose. But mind you, if he'd another birdie, if, he, if he'd made it to seven under, he would have doubled his prize money. 
um, I see they're tied for second because there were one, two, three of them in in four of them in second and um so he they get a million a million dollars so that's that's the story with golf so on it goes on Rory McIlroy's uh, he's having a nice life you know he's he's, he's He's happily married. He's got the child and all of that, and he seems like a merry fella in his life. But he's he he looks disappointed on the golf course, and uh, I've I've met him once actually. He's a very very nice fella, and he keeps very tight with his friends he grew up with, even though we got a lot of negative press there for a while and sort of had to take on the whole Saudi-backed uh, live golf thing there for a while. But they've merged now, <clears throat> undermining his campaign. But there you go. Now, the main competition over the weekend, of course, was Barbie versus Oppenheimer, which we spent all of our Friday mornings discussing. Who won the battle? We kind of knew that Barbie was out ahead because obviously it's a 12A film. It's a comedy. It has much broader appeal and more people can go to see it as a result. And it absolutely trounced everybody at the box office even bigger. I was reading on this morning that apparently they were hoping for about $60 million as an opening weekend. They got $155 million in the US and Canada alone. Uh, so it hammered Oppenheimer, which came in second at $80 million, which is also a massive figure, way above what they expected, literally double what they expected to get, especially because it's an R-rated movie in the United States. That's 17 plus in America, where it's 15A in Ireland, Oppenheimer, the three-hour film. And it's also already gone into the top 10 highest grossing um, movies that are over three hours long, that are over 160. Yes, so that's exactly three, three hours. And um, so there you go. So Barbie has beaten Oppenheimer. And a couple of weeks ago, we thought Mission Impossible, which had done very well, but it's actually slipped into fourth place in the uh, box office charts. And in third place is a film that's getting increasing amount of attention in America. It's called Sound of Freedom. And the reason it's getting a lot of attention is because nobody really noticed this film emerging. It was made for $14 million. To put that in context, Barbie cost $140 uh, million dollars. So there's a tenth of the budget of Barbie. It is the third biggest movie this weekend in America and they're describing it as a QAnon adjacent film. It's been co-opted by the conservative right-wing MAGA Trump movement in America and um, it has apparently there are kind of rumours as to why it's such a massive selling hit because there are sold out shows but nobody's showing up. So there's people buying tickets and there's nobody in the cinema. And it is the third. It has now made $124 million so far. It is the surprise hit of the summer. And uh, so it had a bigger weekend than Indiana Jones or Mission Impossible. And um, basically, what are they saying about it? There's, there's a very murky history to this film. It's... Um, it's, it stars Jim Caviezel, who's best known for playing Jesus in the Mel Gibson-directed Passion of the Christ. A sort of a preposterous film, I think, now. Seen then, but particularly in hindsight. Also was seen as a vaguely anti-Semitic film at the time. And um, he has basically been repeating all the QAnon conspiracy claims that are being debunked and have no basis, in fact. And he's pushed aspects of the QAnon conspiracy theory at right-wing conventions alongside people who are, you know, denying the results of the 2020 presidential election. And it's loosely based on an apparently true story, a high-profile anti-trafficking organisation founder called Tim Ballard, who made dubious claims of his own. But the whole thing has been claimed as a right-wing. Donald Trump has screened versions of the film in his uh, golf club. And it's a national sensation and it's a huge... It's a huge hit over there, but it has worried people because it's tinged with all the conspiracy theories. And Jim Caviezel, the um, the star of the show, has also been, you know, peddling those unfounded myths and conspiracies. So it's worth watching out. They've taken over the box office. But is anyone actually watching the film? We're wondering. Uh, just skipping back to Barbie, Barbie and Oppenheimer, who went to see it? Well, 65% of the audience at the weekend were women. And 40% of the ticket buyers were under the age 
of 25. It's a 12A rated film, so it means that 12-year-olds can go accompanied by an adult. Isn't that the idea? Yes. And Oppenheimer is the fellas' film, 62. So two-thirds of everyone who went to see Oppenheimer were men and over the age of 25. So older, maler audience for Oppenheimer. That's to be expected, Barbie younger female audience. But also, actually, they're saying that many people, about 60,000 people in the AMC theatre, which is the biggest cinema chain in America, um, 60,000 people bought tickets for both films. So the whole Barbieheimer thing has worked and the bombardment of the marketing has also worked as well. Uh, an interesting aside, because everyone's talking about Killian Murphy and will he win an Oscar this time, is that because of the, the actor's strike, they can't campaign and the LA Times tells us that that will affect their Oscars campaign because if you can't campaign, it's an election after all the Oscars, um, you can't do any promotion or anything, then it's going to hurt your Oscars campaign and depending how long that strike goes on, might affect Christopher Nolan's ability to win Oscars for Oppenheimer. There you go. Jamie Foxx, brilliant actor, Oscar-winning actor for Ray. I played Ray Charles. He's in the news today. He sort of disappeared from public view last April and his family said, look, he's, he's had a health scare and um, people began to get worried because they didn't see him. He was in hospital. His family just said he had a medical complication. They decided to keep it private. Um, they shared updates on recoveries, recovery, saying that he was OK. And then Jamie Foxx, he, he resurfaced over the weekend and he's been speaking about um, why he decided, to, I think it's interesting in the day and age of privacy and everything, why he decided to keep everything private and uh, updating people on how he feels now. I went through something that I, I thought I would never, ever go through. And I know a lot of people were waiting, but to be honest with you, I just didn't want you to see me like that, man. With tubes running out of me and, and trying to figure out if I was going to make it through. And man, you know, I know they talk about people crying on videos. You know, you can do take two, but I'm not going to do a take two. This is, it is what it is. And if you see me out from now on and every once in a while, I just burst into tears. It's because it's been tough, man. I was sick, man. But now i got my legs out, uh, under me, so you're going to see me out. I'm on my way back. Wow, he's on his way back. I thought it was just a very interesting approach. He decided to keep his health private and uh, he didn't want the sort of fervour that you'll get on social media because you do increasingly see stars, pictures of them in hospitals with shoes and so on. Uh, and Jeremy Renner had a very public recuperation, didn't he, from the snowplough incident that he had. Um, uh, uh, it's different for everyone, but there you go. That's what they, the way he decided to do. Very dignified, I think, of Jamie Foxx, who was in Ireland not long ago making um, shows down in Wicklow there. Uh, Kin, by the way, this is kind of sad news. Bronze Studios is a production company. It's the Canadian studio uh, behind, behind Kin and it had huge hits like Joker, Licorice Pizza, Ghostbusters and all that. Um, they've declared bankruptcy, which means that Kin, one of the most popular shows, uh, Irish dramas ever, it might never return. So Orty was a junior partner in this. Bron was all the money, really. And so it going bankrupt and between the writer's strikes and the actor's strikes um, proved insurmountable for Bron. So they've gone under. And I thought, I watched season two and I thought it was absolutely brilliant this year. And I thought it had a dramatic ending and everything. And you're watching out for all the, the bits of Dublin. But also I just thought it was very, very, it was a good show, as we say. But unfortunately, it may not be returning. It's not completely ruled out, but they'd have to find the money from somewhere. 51551 is the text. Uh, Oliver Croke Park yesterday John Kiley's jig spontaneous in a signature moment absolutely brilliant yes just one of those of, of no self uh, you know th th there's total self-awareness but he just decided to release his joy like nothing other and there's a reminder here saying that he's the principal of the Abbey School in Tipperary so you can imagine the slagging that goes on there all the time and uh, lots of love coming in from West Cork and these must be from the, D the down from Dublin so are they <laughs> like ourselves 
I was swimming on Garnish Beach, West Cork. The water was so warm. All right, just past Castletown Bear, said Garrett. So we have to find the patch of hot water and track it. And if we all text each other, we all will head there and try to find it. But maybe you're used to it, you see. You have to get the body used to it. And someone says, we had a few days away in school last week. It was so beautiful to return what was our family's place of choice to holiday. I agree about Nico's. Best meal I've had in a long time. And the New Haven was equally as good. I'd recommend the Harbour Hotel to stay out. Although the Cork people would prefer to keep it all a secret and keep it all to themselves. That's Trish. Yes, they do. They do indeed. And they're a bit like that. Uh, down the car. Oh, no, I won't say that. And after having such a lovely week, very welcoming, very welcoming in West Cork. See, I'm from East Cork where nobody, uh, not many people go on holidays. So we'll keep that as a secret. And yeah, keep going to West Cork. Fill them up, fill them up, as they say. And um, yeah, it was, it was just a lovely time. And, and uh, we paid our way, by the way. I got no freebies. I'm not promoting Nico's or anyone for it. Before you're texting in to be, to be pointed that out. So it's very good. Uh, it's like someone has planted... Uh, the flowers along the roadsides in West Cork. They have the kind of an orange thing. I, I'm not going to go into now. I don't know the names of them, but it's just really stunning. Uh, the weather was a bit drizzly, but you get into the sea nonetheless. And it's, it's easier when it's not too sunny, so you don't have to smear on the sunscreen. It's 20 past nine. We better be getting on with things. We're going to have a great guest on this morning talking about putting humans back into the heart of technology. So if, you're, uh, if you don't know your Googles, from your algorithm and your AI, from your bots and so on. We'll try to demystify things because it's all about putting humans. Humans have invented this technology. We're going to control it. So we're going to get a nice relaxed Monday for you. And we'll start, sure. We'll start with Gwen Stefani. I was listening to this, having a bop on the car on the way home over the weekend. It's a nice long drive out of Bale Blah up the way up the country. 51551 is the text, text studio. Then your message to 80889 if you're in the north of Ireland. Good morning. Happy Monday, all. The Sweet Escape and Gwen Stefani. 51551, that's our text number this morning. Uh, the orange plants on the roadside in West Cork, Montbrezia, I think is how you pronounce that. Thank you, Finbar, in Enniskeen, in uh, beautiful West Cork. Would they say Enniskeen? Because I'm from Enniskeen in Monaghan, which is a similar name, obviously, from the Irish, the Island of Tears, a different different uh, translations of that over the years but Enniskeen is spelled with an E but the misspellings on signs well we don't get into that right now Cork City go to Cork City people go to Skull in August I'm told on the text here so they must be in Baltimore in July and then they go to Skull for August right I have it sorted and um, let's keep East Cork a secret I agree with you yes let's let not near our my, my second home of uh, Yahal with the beautiful beaches stretching all the way out to Red Barn and uh, Goat Island go to Ardmore you'd prefer it there Leave us alone. We're quite happy in East Cork. Thank you. In East Cork, we call the DFDs. These are the down from Dublin's. We call them the Julys. <laughs> I like that. The Julys are down. Oh, yeah. The Julys are here again. Oh, mother of God. And it was in West Cork. Actually, I don't like this now, but it's, it's more or less a Kerry accent, isn't it? It's like, you know, geographically, the accent would make sense that it's just, it's just Kerry because they would have spoken the same uh, type of Irish, I presume. I'd be murdered now probably in the text even for suggesting that but I was listening musically as best I could to people who I assumed were West Cork because we were into um, you know the kind of local places and I, they were musically into my ear now it was Kerry 
and I've kind of thought that in the past. And you know, they're, they've got the fuma, football in common and everything like that. Um, what else is happening here? Ah, back to Limerick. Yes, as an English man with a rural Limerick mother, I've always had a close affiliation with the Treaty County. What strikes me time after time, more than anything else, is a stark contrast between the money-driven Premier League over here, which is England, and the authentic, true sporting nature of the Gaelic GAA. Loyalty to the club and county and love of the game and its values shine through. What a brilliant occasion it truly is. Absolutely. And particularly when you go to Limerick for years and years in the doldrums and yet they're still ploughing away there in Patrick's Well and uh, the big hurling clubs. Um, particularly when Munster Rugby really started roaring the noughties. And Limerick City and County, quite a small enough place. And it's unbelievable they've had such powerful connection uh, between Munster Rugby and the hurling which used to be slightly divided now the fans cross all of them and uh, the, the passion in Thoman Park is is to be, is unbelievable it's, it would match the Croke Park uh, treaty the, the green going all around the place and I saw a lone Limerick fan going into the Munratty Inn uh, incongruously named in Skull and I went oh yes there's always a Limerick person around the corner so it's just a great occasion thank you for your text over there beyond uh, what else are we hearing? Uh, Oliver speaking to my friend. Oh, we're, this is back to Sound of Freedom, the, the film which is um, attracting the MAGA crowd in America. Uh, speaking to my friends in Arkansas yesterday. This is Bill Clinton, Arkansas. He's Hope, Arkansas. She talked about the Freedom films. She said she never saw so many cars at the cinema before. It's not ignored in Arkansas. Ah, yes. So they, there are sporadic accounts of, of cinemas being booked out and nobody going to them. But generally, people are going to see this film. The Republican red voting people are going to see sound for they're kind of seeing this is this is our thing I actually want to get back to a text we got on Friday because we're talking about different languages how hard it must be to learn English um, if you come into Ireland and Dundalk's uh, use of nearshore for almost certain I'm nearshore I saw a man over beyond uh, someone texted in and it's connected because we're talking about Tipperary and John Kiley teaching a tip in North Tip if something is the finest then it's grand but if it's the solid finest then it's excellent. I haven't heard this anywhere else. What's very specific to North Tipperary, uh, which would be North Riding, isn't that what they used to say in Tipperary? Some's the finest then. So that, that reminds me, actually in Carlo, they say everything's queer, queer this. It's queer way out there today, queer that in Carlo, where it'd be flat accent there in Carlo. Right, we're going to be putting humans back into the heart of technology. New book after this break. And you're very welcome back. 51551, that's the text number. Good morning. The pronunciation... Oh, yeah, that's just back to the flowers. But before we go back, that uh, in New York recently, a lawyer used artificial intelligence to write a brief for a court case. It cited relevant case law, very specific. The trouble was when the judge and the lawyers on the other side looked up the cases cited, they didn't exist, says John. So that is exactly what Declan's been telling us about sometimes the... The information is is made up as it is. Loads and loads of texts in on uh, Limerick. So they are awake down in Limerick, it seems. Did you know that Limerick were the first team to win the Lee McCarthy Cup 1923? So it must have been called something else before that. This is the 100th year of the Cup. Well done to Limerick, says Grania in Leitrim. Not many All-Irelands, uh, hurling All-Irelands in Leitrim, I would say. None. Uh, they join us with Monaghan with, among the counties that probably haven't won All-Irelands. Uh, Bunratty's in County Clare. All that Limerick propaganda has not worked. It remains County Clare, says Paula. Yes, that's why I was saying the Bunratty Inn is kind of incongruously named in the middle of Skull. But there must be a story behind it and I'm sure we will probably run out of time to get to it. But somebody will let us know why it's called the Bunratty Inn. Oliver, I watched the hurling match yesterday. I think John Kiley is such a gentleman. I've never seen a manager shake hands with a losing team before, says Jane. In Wexford, you mustn't be watching much hurling or maybe you jump off the sofa, but they all shake hands. Well, you're not around for the Henry Shefflin, Brian Cody handshake that nearly shook the world last year and actually reduced the core temperature of the planet. And I was saying it was a solution to climate change. Maybe if they shook hands once a year, the freezing uh, chill might actually reduce the temperatures. 
It's no accident, it's another texter, that the two most successful teams in recent years in the GAA have way more financial backing than all the other counties. Players are not getting paid, but money equals success. Maybe I'm just jealous, says Jean. I think there's a smidge of that now going on because you can go up to Mayo where they've spent oh, about a million and a half a year and no sign of an All-Ireland. And equally so, you'll find the likes of Derry and Tyrone uh, won All-Irelands when they had no money and the money comes afterwards and then they keep winning All-Irelands. But you have a point to an extent where we have this weird tribal system of counties which I think Henry VIII might have started off doing and now we're stuck with them and that's why you have um, cities of one and a half million people against counties of 60,000. We're going to have to take a quick break back after some more of these. And uh, Moan Brescia, that was the name of the orange flowers along the roadside in West Cork that I didn't know to, and I, I mispronounced, that's how it's pronounced. Mon, oh, someone says Mon Brescia, and the other person says Moan Brescia, so you're all fighting down in West Cork. Uh, thank you, Margaret. I'm going to go with you, Margaret, actually. Mon Brescia sounds better. Mon Brescia, of course, you have to kind of do it in the, in the accent, so you're going to say Moan Brescia, Moan, it could be Moan Brescia. But there's probably like a road or somewhere they pronounce it slightly differently to everyone else. Um, I'm told to come up to lovely Narran and Port New Beach for the dip because the water temperature is only fab. No shock at all, says Brian in the Glenties. So um, up around Donegal, the water's warm. You see, it's a, there's, the waters shift around the place. You never know. Um, you never know what's, where, where you're going to get the nice warm water. I might try the Irish Sea this this week it's known as the kind of coldest ones because it doesn't turn over or something like that but then also there's a lot of red flags and no swim zones um, every now and again because of all the rain uh, was it a word for Dundalk who with 10 men of course 10 men for much of the game put the mighty Shamrock Rovers out of the cup yesterday Mon the town says Tom Gilson Dublin 9 I always say it wrong I think Mon Mon the town but um I was corrected the other day by someone in Dundalk. Mon the town. And uh, speaking of mumbling accents, uh, someone says, while well, I enjoyed Kin, darting back to where we started, I've had to have the subtitles on. Couldn't get the mumbling Dublin accent of one of the characters, says. And now, there wasn't a lot of mumbling. Most of them were roaring at each other half the time. Remember the Bren character? He's the most frightening person I think I've ever seen on television. Just before we go, I think the text referred to John Kiley shaking each individual Kil- ah, each individual Kilkenny player's hand, which is very unusual and respectful. Angela, thank you for correcting this. It wasn't just the other banished door. Every player's. John Kiley is our hero of the day. It's time to go, though. Um, I'm back again. Philip Boucher-Hayes is on after 10. I'm back again tomorrow. Have a lovely day. Slán.